pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time you've given us to come and worship you today, Lord, and to think about the mission you've called us to, the ministry of the gospel. Lord, help our hearts to be stirred and challenged. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Dan Bergman, and I want to tell you about the largest mission field in the world, and it's overrun with spiritual darkness. This mission field is also relatively unreached. I'm talking about the mission field of social media. Listen to this. The average adult touches their phone an average of 2,716 times per day. They also spend an average of three hours a day on their phone. And the majority of that time is spent using social media, things like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. This is where people are today. This is where they live, for better or for worse. And this is a mission field that we can tap into. Right now, 3.48 billion people use social media. And by 2025, supposedly three-fourths of every person on the planet will have a smartphone. This is something we can use for the glory of God and to get the gospel message out to millions and millions of people. It is literally a mission field at our fingertips. Social media is like traditional media, except it has a sense of connection, but it's not just for connecting with friends and people you already know. Things like TikTok and Instagram Reels allow you to get videos in front of random people that you don't even know. This means if the content that we produce in these short-form videos is gospel-centric, we can get the gospel message out to millions of people all over the world, those that are searching for it, as well as those that aren't. Most of these apps like TikTok and Instagram Reels have a limit to the length of your video. Most of the videos that I produce are one to three minutes in length and are meant to be kind of like an icebreaker for the gospel to introduce that person to their need for salvation through Jesus. Since starting this in 2020, our videos have been seen by over 25 million people. This includes people that were not at all looking for my videos, such as Satanists, atheists, Muslims, Hindu people, Jewish people, Catholics, and multitudes of others, many of whom were searching for the truth, and a lot of which weren't looking for it at all, and they were able to see it and hear it because of the way that these apps push your videos in front of random people. I've been privileged to have real gospel conversations with thousands of people who have seen my videos and responded to my prompt to message me if they wanted to know more. In our first three years of doing this, we have heard back from almost 700 people who have repented of their sin and put their faith in Jesus in response to watching our videos. Some of these people include a Jewish man in New York City, a former Hindu in India, Muslims in both Africa and the Middle East, as well as a young man who was considering taking his own life when he found our videos. He trusted Jesus as his savior and messaged me to let me know that he did that and that he now finds his purpose and joy in Christ. We are literally seeing changed lives. And this is oftentimes evidenced in their social media accounts. The things that they used to post and used to talk about, they don't do that anymore. Oftentimes they'll delete their previous things before they were saved and they'll begin posting new things about Jesus and their faith in Him. It's an amazing thing to see. After someone lets us know that they trusted Jesus as their Savior, 
we will send them to our follow-up website, newtojesus.com, where they can learn foundational things about their walk with Christ and grow in their faith in Him. We also endeavor as best we can to get them plugged into a good Bible-believing Baptist church in their area. Our goal is to hand them off to a local church pastor or youth pastor to be able to continue that discipleship process. We don't want anybody to fall through the cracks, and so we're keeping track of every single profession of faith that is made and following up with every single one of them. I am so excited about what God is doing in this ministry, and I'm a nobody. This isn't anything about what I can do or who I am. It's everything about Christ and that he's using the foolish things to confound the wise. We have an opportunity. We have a tool that is placed in our hands to get the gospel to millions like the world has never seen before. Are we being good stewards of this opportunity? That's our desire. That's our goal. If you want to find out more about this ministry, you can go to postingthegospel.com. Thank you so much for watching this video. Um, there's lots of things in that video to try and grab a hold of, uh, lots of things to remember, lots of things going on. A couple of updates in some of the statistics since I made this video. Um, we now have been seen by over 40 million people, 40 million views, um, which means... That video that you just saw there was produced in January of this year. So in this year alone, um, our videos have been seen by 15 million people which is crazy. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around what that looks like. Um, we've just crossed over 760 professions of faith this year, and we're constantly getting more people asking about salvation. Um, and when you think about it, compare that to like a door-to-door -door kind of ministry. You know, what would we say if the same statistics about this thing if those same statistics were true about doorknobs and that people would touch that doorknob an average of 2,716 times per day, that they'd be sitting by their door just looking at that doorknob, waiting for somebody to knock on their door for an average of three hours a day. Are any of you like me and you get a notification every week on your phone? Like mine is just right around Sunday school time. I got it while I was sitting here before Sunday school saying your average screen time was up by an average of 38% this week with an average of four hours a day. You know, uh, since I started doing this ministry, that <laughs> amount skyrocketed. But what if all of that was true about doorknobs? Wouldn't it be silly, and, and dare I say foolish, to, to neglect the opportunity to fully engage in door-to-door -door ministry if those statistics were true about doorknobs? Somebody's sitting there, they're just waiting for somebody to knock on the door. Um, some may even be hoping that somebody could come to their door and give them the answers that they're searching for in their heart and mind. That's what we find with social media, and it's a battleground. Um, some have said that it's the darkest demographic in the world, the, the, the darkest mission field of the world, the Internet. And we can bring light into that. Um, I have a number of different videos um, that we're going to show you some of them here this morning. Um, you saw the one message from that one gentleman, his name is Dean, and I've had a number of people that have been suicidal. And it's a scary thing. It's a big responsibility to, to, to try and talk to somebody, to literally talk somebody off a ledge, 
Um, but people are desperate. Like I said last night, they're broken. They're searching for answers. Whenever I talk to anybody about those, I actually made a video regarding suicide. And I talk about the, um, the National Suicide Hotline. You know, somebody that's like licensed and trained to deal with somebody like that. I don't want to um, take somebody's life into my hands without mentioning some kind of professional resource. The answer is the gospel. And we've seen a number of different people come out of just crazy situations. Um, one of the people, we'll just call her N, uh, for privacy's sake, uh, since I guess this is probably live streamed. Um, but she is in Iran, and she was Muslim. And she got saved as a result of seeing our videos on Instagram. Had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her. She trusted Christ as her savior. And since she's in an area where it's basically illegal to be a Christian or illegal, definitely illegal to meet in a, in a church setting, any ministry that she gets involved with or plugged into pretty much at this point has to be online. And so we were able to plug her into a, a good um, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching pastor who does an online ministry in the Persian language. Um, but that's just one example. There was a girl in Missouri who she was a lesbian. And she saw our videos, she heard the gospel, and her life has changed. And she's no longer involved in that lifestyle after she got saved. There was a girl in India when Instagram Reels first started. And by the way, I'll just kind of explain this. It was a little bit in the video. The way that it's different than, I guess I'm ringing it just a little bit. I'm gonna move this down. Okay, there we go. That, there we go, okay. So um, when TikTok started, the way that it was different is when you post something on Facebook, usually only your friends see it. You usually only see people that you follow for the most part. People or pages that you follow, that's what you see as a general rule. TikTok was different in the sense that when you make a video, when, when they first started it had to be one minute or less, that video gets pushed out to a random group of people that TikTok thinks, the algorithm thinks that these people are likely to interact with your video for better or for worse, good or bad, they're likely to interact with it. And so it sends it to 50 or 100 people, random people. And these 50 or 100 people, if they comment on it or interact with it, even if what they say is negative and hateful, um, TikTok counts that as interaction and says, we need to show this to more people. So they'll show it to a group of maybe 300, 400 people. And if that interaction continues, it'll snowball and you'll get in front of millions, literally millions of people with this video. Instagram jumped on that bandwagon. They wanted to have some kind of similar experience with the short form vertical video with the same kind of algorithm, the same kind of way that they make your videos pushed in front of random people. And that was Instagram Reels. And Facebook just started something similar to that called Facebook Reels. And YouTube started something similar to that called YouTube Shorts. And so all of these video networks, video platforms, they work the same way to get your videos in front of people that don't even necessarily want to see it. Um, and it's been an exciting thing. When Instagram Reels first started, it was 15 seconds or less. How do you do that? How do you, how do you package something in 15 seconds or less? And so it's basically, um, what I do is like a digital version of a gospel tract. It's meant to introduce somebody to their need for the savior it's not meant to be an end-all, it's more to be like an icebreaker for the gospel. 
And so I did a 15-second video talking about how you can be religious and not right with God. And that the only way that we can be right with God is not through religion, but through a relationship with him, through faith in Jesus. One person, that video was seen by almost 90,000 people, that 15-second video, which blew my mind because I was not expecting that at all. And one of the 90,000 people that saw it was a girl in India named Saumya. And she asked me, how can, I, how can I know God? How can I be right with God? I saw your video. And she ended up getting saved. Um, and so there's just tons of examples of people like that. A young man named Tizmo in Uganda saw my video and got saved. And uh, he's now part of a Bible-believing Baptist church in Uganda that I was able to connect him with uh, through some networks that I'm part of on Facebook. Um, and so we've just seen some amazing things. Um, I don't want to take all the time rambling on. If there's questions, comments, discussion. Why don't we show one of, what you, tell us about one of the videos. Okay, Let's sure. show one of them so people can get a little bit of a flavor for what they might see Absolutely. on the internet. Absolutely. So the first video that we're going to show is about the holiness of God. This is the video that I showed a very short clip of in the one that you just saw. Um, at that point, the video had around 700,000 views. I checked it recently. Now it's about 925,000 views. This is a video on Instagram. And because of my Jewish background, I'm able to use that to get in front of people because it's not something that's commonly seen uh, on the internet. But this video uh, about the holiness of God, we'll go ahead and show that one. I want to share with you something in Hebrew that'll help you understand the holiness of God. You see, in Hebrew, when you repeat a word, it intensifies the meaning of that word. For instance, shalom shalom is not peace peace, but it's perfect peace. When we come to Isaiah chapter 6, we find the angels crying, kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy. God is not just holy three times in a row. God is holy multiplied. And it's the only time in scripture where we see a Hebrew word repeated three times. He is holy beyond our comprehension. And in Revelation, we read about created beings that are crying, holy, 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 day and night, forever. That's their job. That's how holy God is. What does holy mean? It means set apart. It means separate. And in God's case, separate from sin. He is so pure that he cannot dwell in the presence of sin. That's why he cannot allow sin into heaven. And that's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus, his son, to die in our place, to pay our penalty. Even though Jesus had never done anything wrong, Jesus is God in a human body. He is holiness personified, and yet he died on a cross, taking the wrath of God for our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Message me if you want to know more about what Jesus did for you. On those videos, I'll give a call to action at the end, because I was getting all kinds of comments of people asking about different things, and it was hard to keep track of all of these comments. So instead, I decided to ask them to message me if they want to know more. This does a couple of things. It organizes the people that are searching and want to know more, um, but it also kind of weeds out all the people that aren't serious. It weeds out all the people that aren't seriously searching, and odds are if somebody will take the extra step to message a complete stranger to ask about their eternal destiny, Odds are the Holy Spirit has already been working in their heart and they're serious enough and sincere enough to ask about it. That's not all the time, but most of the time that helps weed that out. And that's kind of the format that I've gone to in doing these videos. How many, view, how many messages would you get from a video like that? From that video, 
the thing is, because that video ends up living on the internet, it just continually brings in, you know, people will continue to see it. Um, when that video first started going viral, I was getting more than 50 messages a day for probably a good week, and then it started to die down. Um, and so not all of those are asking about salvation. There's a lot of requests that I get. I know Jesus is my savior. How can I grow in my faith? Um, and I have some things that I've pre-prepared responses for those because I get those questions often. But a good number uh, asking about salvation as well. So, and it comes and goes with seasons. If I have a video that goes viral, I'll get lots of messages and the floodgates will open. And other times it's just crickets for a while, depending. When people... Um... I know you speak about this a lot. You get lots of different questions. What would you say to us as Christians? I, thought, I saw that and I thought, you know, we've, for decades, Christians have passed out tracts and things like that. Have you seen many people using your videos in that kind of a way as a digital yes. evangelism tool? Yes. Share with, maybe share with us how we can be personally involved in digital evangelism. Okay, so what's interesting is you don't have to get in front of a camera. You don't have to be up there doing whatever. You can simply share what's out there like you would share a tract. And the neat thing is you can share this um, wherever you are. If you're on Facebook or maybe you're even not on Facebook, maybe you're not on any of these platforms. If you Google Dan Bergman Instagram, you don't need an Instagram account. You can see my videos and you can share them through a text message with other people. Um, if you have a website or a business, I know one church, I have a salvation video that I produced, a short video specifically for them. Um, that's about five minutes long, gives the gospel in totality, ends with a sinner's prayer. And they, uh, the one assistant pastor, his wife has a blog, and he asked me permission to, to if, if they could put my video at the bottom of their page, you know, just as a kind of how to know for sure you're going to heaven thing. Um, these videos on YouTube, they're all shareable. Share them with your family, share them with your friends, cross-post them on whatever networks you're on. Um, even if you're not on networks, you can share them with other people through emails, or texts, and um, it's a really neat thing um, to be able to do. I had one lady, I'll just mention this now, her name is uh, Katerina, she's Ukrainian, she's a Ukrainian Christian, and I just wanted to share this message that I got from her. Uh, she says, hello, my name is Katerina, I'm from Ukraine, now me and my family live in Canada because of escaping this horrible war, this was in January of uh, 22. She says, me also, I, I made a special video about Jesus here on Facebook and YouTube. I like your page, your content. Thank you for being so close to Jesus. I want to ask you something. Is it possible to use your ideas for video sometimes? I will sign you like author if you would give hope for all Ukrainians in our, in our fitting. <clears throat> and I said, absolutely. So she made, she took, she took that video, the one that you just saw about the holiness of God. And she made her own video, just word for word, same content, but she did it in Ukrainian. And it had 21,000 views in Ukraine, translated video. Um, so you can steal my stuff, redo it with your own voice. Uh, there's lots of different ways that you could share. Could, could you share a little bit of, you, you, we were having some conversations and there, there was one kind of sad moment and I thought that would be convicting for all of us for how we engage in social media. But tell us a little bit about the video that you unfortunately had to take down beca oh. because of Christians. Yes. So I did a video, and it was one of my viral videos about dinosaurs in the Bible, because people don't, they don't hear a lot about that unless they're following Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis. People don't hear about dinosaurs in the Bible. Um, and so I did a video, and I decided to put it on my Facebook account. 
Um, until recently, my Facebook account was largely just friends and churches and acquaintances. Now there's followers that I don't even know on Facebook. But at this point, it was mostly church people, people that I knew. And I wanted to put a video out there that I knew did well on other platforms to reach people with the gospel. And in the comments section, there was a member of the church that I'm a member at and a friend that I went to college with, both Christians, and they were arguing with each other about a secondary issue. And they were arguing back and forth. And unfortunately, not only the, the, the content of what they were saying, but the way that they were saying it was not in a way that glorified Christ. And I actually had to delete that video from Facebook because it was a bad testimony. I mean, this video was geared towards an unsaved lost audience. And here are two Christians arguing about a secondary issue that the lost world wouldn't even understand. And it, it, it caused me to have to, you know, it was a bad testimony. Um, I don't like to post videos without allowing comments because the comments usually help drive up the viewership. But in that case specifically, it was, it was a sad moment because I had to take it down for the sake of the testimony of the gospel. Yeah, it just makes you think about what's important. Uh, like the whole world sees what we post yeah. on the internet. So that's yeah, good. Well, let's open it up to anybody else have any questions. Yeah. Do you experience any sort of censoring on your videos? Yes, I do. So I had a video about hell, um, 10 surprising facts about hell on TikTok. And TikTok labeled it as sensitive content. And it's like this blurry screen. And it says, this video contains disturbing material. Um, and it gives you the opportunity to skip the video or in this like little tiny box, watch it anyway. And that was a video about hell and it was going viral and they censored it. I've had other videos removed. I had a video recently about um, why I as a Christian stand with Israel. And that video was removed, like deleted from TikTok. And I appealed it and they put it back on. But I've had videos removed. I've had videos taken down. I have to be careful with, you'll see a crucifixion video. Maybe the, we'll show this one next. This is my most viral video basically ever that I'm about to show you. Uh, I think it's three and a half minutes long detailing a medical description of the crucifixion, but especially on TikTok, if I show anything of the crucifixion, I have to be very careful that I don't show much blood. And so on this video, all of the crucifixion scenes are black and white. And that's on purpose to try and fool the censorship um, because of their, their ideas of violence. Now at the same time, there's Islamic terrorists posting bloody stuff that's, you know, real instead of a Hollywood production. And it just scoots by their, their censors. But a Christian posting about the crucifixion uh, will get censored or taken down. Um, but I'll show you, I'll make sure we show you that one before our time is up. I don't want to stop any other questions. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's show the one about the crucifixion. Have you ever heard a medical description of Jesus's crucifixion? Warning, this can get a bit graphic. Jesus has already suffered from a condition known as hematohydrosis, where he sweat drops of blood due to the anxiety and stress. He has been beaten, he has not slept, and he's traveled by foot a distance of roughly two and a half miles. This is where we come to the part where he is scourged. In a traditional Roman scourging, the criminal would be stripped naked and tied to a short pillar so that his back would be exposed to the whipping from the scourge. The whip used for this would have pieces of bone and pieces of metal in the whip to cause bruising and tearing of the skin. The skin of his back would literally be hanging off in ribbons. This is why Isaiah says by his stripes, we are healed. A great number of people that would undergo this punishment would not survive the scourging. After the crown of thorns is pressed upon his head, a robe is placed upon his back and then ripped off. 
Jesus is almost for certain in shock due to blood loss. He is laid down upon the cross and his hands and feet are nailed to it. The Greek word for hand also encompasses the wrist, which is most likely where the nails went through, as the hands themselves wouldn't have been able to sustain his weight without ripping through the nails. Crucifixion is where we get our English word excruciating from because of the great pain that was caused. The nails in Jesus' wrists would have severed the medial nerve, causing great pain going down his arms, and the nail in his feet would have severed the dorsal-pedal artery, causing great blood loss and pain shooting up his legs. As the cross is raised, Jesus' full weight bears down on those nails. His shoulders would have become dislocated, and his arms would have been stretched to a length of six inches longer than they normally would be. Normally, to breathe, the diaphragm needs to move down so that air can fill into the lungs. As Jesus hangs on the cross, the weight of his body is pushing that diaphragm down so that air comes into his lungs but cannot go out. He cannot exhale unless he pushes himself up on the nail that is in his feet. This makes breathing excruciating, and most often the cause of death and crucifixion would be suffocation due to the inability to exhale. Which makes it all the more amazing that Jesus spoke seven times from the cross, one of which where he pushes himself up to be able to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The decreased oxygen due to the difficulty in exhaling causes damage to the tissues and the capillaries begin leaking watery fluid from the blood into the tissues. This results in a buildup of fluid around the heart and the lungs. The collapsing lungs, failing heart, dehydration, and inability to get sufficient oxygen to the tissues essentially suffocates the victim. The decreased oxygen also damages the heart itself, which causes myocardial infraction, resulting in cardiac arrest. Jesus most likely died from a heart attack while on the cross. In order so that the bodies would not remain upon the cross during the Passover, the soldiers were instructed to break the legs of those that were crucified. This would give them the complete inability to breathe, causing their death to come quicker. When they come to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. They pierced his side with a spear, and the Bible says out came blood and water. The fluid built up due to the lack of oxygen from his crucifixion. This is how much he loves you. And upon all this, he bore the weight of your sin, suffering the wrath of God so that you could be forgiven. He went through all of it for you. Across Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok has over 4.1 million views, which is crazy. But sometimes, I mean, videos that I put a lot of work in sometimes flop, and videos that I don't think are going to do well take off. Um, I had one video on YouTube. YouTube is really hard to get any kind of viewership on. Um, I did a video a year ago. There was a rabbi on TikTok who had a two-minute video entitling, entitled, A Rabbi Destroys Christianity in Two Minutes. And he basically gives this argument about why Christianity is false. So I respond to that video on YouTube, and I did this a year ago. And like last week, it went viral to now where it has like, I don't know, 70 or 80,000 views all of a sudden. So people are searching for stuff, and we just need to be able to give them answers. We have about 15 minutes, so we do want to enable people to ask questions. Make sure you repeat your questions so everyone can hear it. But one thing I wanted to, I've always think about this, a hundred years ago, Christians were some of the first people on the radio airwaves, some of the first people on television. And so we need to be careful not to miss our moment yes. technologically, right? Historically, we're, we're behind the curve 
in doing this. So we were faster to get on radio and TV than we are to be on the internet. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else have a question. I'll repeat the question too for those that can't hear it. Anybody out there at all? You got another one? I would just do a follow-up to our original question. Okay, sure. So how are ways that, you know, if someone was interested in getting into this, what are some ways they can avoid being banned or censored or taken down? So if possible, avoid graphic content. Um, that's the main thing that I find trouble with. Um, I would say that's pretty much the main thing. Sometimes you'll get people that will report you, people that are anti-Christian. They'll just report you, report you, report you. Um, since this whole Israel thing started, my friend has had his Instagram account uh, banned four times just from um, people with the Islamic agenda reporting him. Um, but that's the main thing, you know, the graphic content. Um, if you're interested, if anybody's interested in getting into this kind of thing, I have a QR code on my table um, that's a, to a YouTube video of how we do what we do. The step-by-step -step process is an hour long. You can take it in stride, watch it in segments, um, but it's a, it's a guide for somebody to do the same thing. And we're trying to duplicate our ministry as well. How would you say people should just start? Like, we're not all going to make videos like that well-produced, but maybe, I mean, I'm sure you dealt with some little bit of fear or especially as videos started to go viral and you're putting yourself out there. What would yeah. you say to people about just having courage to be a witness? Yeah, so there's a, 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 a Christian guy who he does videos on how to produce videos. And he has a saying, punch fear in the face and press record and start messy. Um, so if you have a smartphone, you know, set it up on a table. If you don't have a tripod, set it up on a table. And just, you know, stand in front of it, sit in front of it, talk to it like you're talking to a friend on FaceTime, you know. Um, you don't have to get into, into preacher mode, just talk like you're talking to a friend and give your testimony. Tell what Jesus has done for you. You don't need any fancy graphics or background music and people will connect with your sincerity and your story. That's how I would say to start. Absolutely. Maybe else questions out there. Anybody have a... Before Sunday school, we were talking to some of the guys about the negativity. Tell, tell everybody how many, the percentage of the positive versus the negative. Because I thought that was really interesting because to get that much negativity is uh, just a testimony to your perseverance. Sure. So the different networks, you're going to find you know, haters, trolls everywhere. But probably the majority of my videos have somewhere around 30% of the comments are negative, usually. On YouTube, it's more like 80 to 90% of the comments are negative on my YouTube videos. Some videos that I do, like I don't know if we'll have time to, to watch it or not, but there's a video about Catholicism. And I got so many angry Catholics. That was like 80 to 90% negative comments on, on Instagram uh, from that. I had a Muslim make a video about me that I was a false prophet. Um, and that drove more Muslims to watch my video because they wanted to see who this guy was. Um, but yeah, the negative comments are, are a real thing. I usually don't answer. I usually don't get into the comments because it's, it's the weeds of people that want to waste your time and argue. But um, you got to have more of a thick skin, which isn't always easy, you know. Um, usually probably 30% negative, 40% negative, depending on the video. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but usually about 30 to 40% of my comments are negative. Um, and sometimes I'll even get negative messages. 
people swearing at me, all kinds of stuff. Sure. Let's play the video on Catholicism. I knew a lady who was at one point planning on becoming a nun. She had not yet joined the convent, but she was very involved in the church. And one day she went to the hospital to visit one of the priests who was dying. To her shock, when she found that priest in that hospital bed, she said she had never seen another person that was more afraid of dying. This made her rethink everything that she knew from the Roman Catholic Church. Don't be deceived by a religion to believe things that are not in the Bible. What are some of the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church that are actually not found in the Bible? The doctrine of purgatory, indulgences, Mary being worshipped as a co-redemptrix or mediator between God and man, the teaching that saints are canonized by the church, the teaching of a pope, and the teaching of keeping of sacraments in order to get to heaven. Someday, we're all gonna die. Don't be like that priest on his deathbed who was unsure where he was going to go. The Bible says these things have been written that ye may know that ye have eternal life. If you wanna know more about what the Bible says about how you can be saved and know for sure you're going to heaven, send me a message. I wanna help you. Yeah, so um, there's lots of different things that I encounter. I try and cover different bases of things that people have questions for. Sometimes I'll get messages of people asking, can you make a video about such and such? And I'll add it to my list in my notes app of videos that I need to make. Um, I wanna mention our prayer cards out there on our table. And so make sure you get one of these. Um, you can ask me more questions later if we don't have enough time to answer any more. Any other questions? Yes. So how exactly did you get into it? What made you sit down and be like, I'm going to start making videos and sending them out on TikTok? Sure. So while I was in the Jewish ministry, I got a, a message from a friend in a Facebook group of preachers, and he talked about his friend that was sharing the gospel on TikTok. I didn't even know what TikTok was, um, but I decided I would try it in January of 2020. And less than a month after starting my TikTok account, I had my first video go viral. I checked my phone just to see how the video was doing after like 20 minutes of posting the video, and I had 13,000 views after 20 minutes, and I thought something was wrong, you know? So I reinstalled the app, restarted my phone, and sure enough, it was legitimate. 13,000 views in 20 minutes. That video was about how Jesus is an Israeli. Uh, Jesus was an Israeli, um, as opposed to the, the, the Catholic Jesus that you see that's like a, a white Gentile Jesus. Um, and so that got a lot of people angry. Um, but that's how I got started. And you almost quit? Yeah, I almost did. So that video, after it got to about 70, 80,000 views and had 1,700 negative comments, 1,700 comments that were negative, um, lots of them in Arabic, I started to get worried, can these people find where I live? And so I took the video and I made it private. And I spent about a day doing this, you know, wringing my hands and what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And I felt like the Lord was saying, you're taking the light of the gospel and hiding it under a bushel. And I said, okay, Lord, I guess, I guess I'll do this. And so I made it back public and everything. I'm careful, you know, but I'm not um, hesitant to put stuff out there. And that was kind of the turning point with that video. That's, I, I, I don't know why, but that particular testimony as part of your story always stood out to me because I think there are a lot of people God works on our hearts in different ways about how we can be evangelists, yeah. how we can spread the gospel. There's this fervor, excitement, and there's opportunities. And then the devil can use fear or anxiety to, and I just think about 
like probably a lot of people would have done exactly what you were tempted to do and just stop. Yeah. I mean, there's probably more people. So just to overcome that fear through the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously. Yeah. I think it's just a powerful testimony for all of us to realize, like, do not let fear, like, you would not be here this morning if three years ago you had said, oh, no, this is a little too scary. Yeah. This, yeah. Would, this wouldn't even be a thing. These people wouldn't be saved. No, it was a turning point for sure. And God knew the future. And I'm glad that I made the right decision. Um, there was a video that I saw a little bit ago, and it was kind of a comical thing. This guy pretending he goes to heaven. And he sees all these different people, and he meets, you know, Peter, and he meets, um, you know, Moses, and he's, he's, he's doing all these characters himself, being kind of comical. And then he meets Paul. And Paul says, oh, you just got here. And he says, yeah. And he said, so, so you had one of those smartphones? And he says, yeah, I did. And he's like, how many people were you able to share the gospel with? And the guy's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a convicting video, as well as being somewhat comical. And that made me think, you know, we have an opportunity Paul didn't have. You know, um, people 20, you know, 30 years ago didn't have. And we have literally a doorway, a gateway to billions of people that we carry around in our pocket. You know, and it's a, it's a convicting thing to me. Somebody else with a question? Another Adam, one? Yeah, so obviously this is a, it's a, it's a unique type of missions work. So how are ways we can specifically pray for you in this ministry? Um, pray for encouragement in the midst of opposition. Pray for continued leading of what to post, what content to post. I don't often have writer's block, but sometimes that, that happens along with discouragement. Um, pray for provision. Um, I do all this stuff out of my garage, and so we transformed our garage into a studio. Um, but Satan does not like what we're doing, and so we're going through different trials here and there, some physical. My wife has fibromyalgia. Just pray for encouragement for her. Um, yeah, I would say a lot of it is encouragement um, and continued leading and provision. Um, that's what I would pray for. Um, yes? So I see, you know, I'm part of several Facebook pages that you're part of, so I see you constantly like, looking for churches in different parts of the country. So how do you track... Like the people who reach out to you, um, sure, and then get them involved. So I know that's a huge part of what. You yes, do. yes, and thank you for mentioning that. So whenever somebody trusts Christ as their Savior, whenever somebody makes a profession, um, I don't say congratulations, you're saved now. I don't want to give somebody false assurance. I tell them that the Bible says, you know, thus saith the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you do what the Bible says uh, to be saved, I, I don't know your heart, but you and God do. Um, so if they make that profession of faith. I send them to our website, newtojesus.com, which is kind of a disciples follow-up website. And I also tell them I would love to recommend a good church in your area if you wouldn't mind telling me what city or town you are near. And not everybody does that. A lot of these are anonymous people. They'll have like a profile picture that's SpongeBob and their name will be letters and numbers, you know, and, and they, I don't ask for their real name or their phone number or where they, uh, or, their, or their house address. I just simply ask if I would love to recommend a church for you if you wouldn't mind telling me what city you're near. And so um, I put out the requests on two different Facebook groups that I'm a part of that are, you know, independent Baptists, pastors, missionaries, evangelists, um, the majority. And uh, I'll ask if anybody knows a good church in, um, there was one in Linz, uh, Austria recently, uh, a young man asking for a recommendation for a church where he is. And so I'll ask if anybody knows of a church plant or missionary in that area, and then I'll get multiple 
responses and I'm able to go through those responses and, and recommend a church for somebody, um, which doesn't always work out. Um, sometimes there's not a church in their area, which made me burdened for international church planting. There's definitely a need, international church planting ministry. Um, we also started a podcast, a New to Jesus podcast, um, geared towards new believers to help them grow in their faith. But we very much want to get these new believers plugged into a good Bible-believing Baptist church in their area um, whenever the Lord will allow. Sometimes they don't want to volunteer that information, and that's all that I can do. But that's our goal, is to have that handoff to a local church pastor that can continue that discipleship. So we are about out of time. Anybody have one last question at all? Yes, Mrs. Thompson. Um, by we, it's, it's, it's mostly me. My family's along for the ride. Um, my wife has helped me when she was able to, um, but her, her health has kind of made that difficult. She was working for a while at the Christian school and then had to back out because of her health. But it's mostly me when I say we. Yes, ma'am. You and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Me and God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I'm trying to navigate how specifically I could expand in that way. It's kind of a difficult thing to think about. So I guess prayer um, for how to try and do that, how exactly I would incorporate help um, is something to, to try and figure out. Because um, if we keep on expanding, you know, I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Frank. I don't have a question, but I'd like to thank you for what you're doing. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank so you. give us your handles real quick. If anybody wants to jot it down or so, sure. put it on their phone, how you can find him on all of the social sites. Yeah. So everything that I'm on is Daniel Bergman 99. That's on everything. Daniel Bergman 99, 99, the year that I got saved. And so Daniel Bergman 99. If you get one of our prayer cards, it has that information on there. And so you can follow, you can share our stuff. Um, and that helps as well. When you share or like or comment on any of my videos, that helps it literally get in front of more people because the algorithm bumps up the viewership. Amen. Okay, brother? All right. I don't want to shorten it too quick. Everybody was saving their comments for the end. So anything <laughs> else? Anybody at all? All right. Well, let's stand for prayer. Let's stretch our legs. We'll ask God to prepare us for our worship service today. Thank you so much, Dan. Amen. Let's go to prayer. Lord, we do love you and thank you again for this time. Lord, we pray especially for this ministry posting in the gospel. I pray that you would give Dan the power of you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would give him wisdom as he moves this ministry forward. And I do pray that you would meet each need of his family and of his ministry, Lord. We just thank you how they've committed themselves to you. I pray that each of our hearts would be stirred, Lord, to about our involvement and how we can be a, a witness right here and in our social networks. Now, Lord, please bless our worship service in a few minutes. Help it to bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're dismissed for a few minutes. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. 
You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.